Welcome to Stewardology, a podcast where two worlds collide. In this show, financial advisor Tim Russell and Reverend Drew Geisey come together to explore the intersection of financial stewardship and theology. Their unique perspectives help Christians and churches understand and apply a biblical framework for everyday financial decisions so Christians everywhere can improve and strengthen their walk with Christ through biblical stewardship. Before we get started, we just wanted you to know that the topics discussed in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific investment advice or recommendations. Investing and investment strategies involve risk, including the potential loss of principal. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Securities and advisory services are offered through Genios Wealth Management, member FINRA and CIPIC. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Tim Russell and Drew Geisey. I'm Tim Russell. And I'm Pastor Drew Geisey. And we welcome you to another episode of The, the Stewardology Podcast. Podcast. In our teaching and preaching wing, the Life Institute, we often hear comments like this. It's too late for me to make a change financially, or I've made too many financial mistakes for me and or my family to recover and in the end do well. And another one is, I want to be a good steward of what God has put into my care, but how can I with all these years of poor choices that preceded this day? We hear these statements and many more like them over and over, almost at every seminar that we do. Easter specifically what Christ has done on the cross, has changed everything, including our stewardship. So let's dive into today's episode. Tim, what's the title of today's episode? What exactly does Easter have to do with stewardship, Drew? Yeah, that's it's exactly where we're going. <laughs> and let's talk about specifically what has Easter provided? What's the first thing on our list? So we believe that Easter has a lot to do with stewardship. It's Amen. provided many things for us. And one of the things that it provides is the, the idea of the great exchange. Yeah. That's the picture of the cross here where we exchange all of our sins, all of our guilt, all of our debt for all of Christ's righteousness, all of his obedience, all of his wealth, all of his assets, there is a tremendous exchange. He takes our sin. We get his righteousness. Tim, does that include the sin of poor stewardship? Hmm. <laughs> Fortunately, it does. Every sin of poor stewardship, every poor financial choice, every false move, every selfish, materialistic, or consumer-driven desire is all covered at the foot of the cross. You know, Tim, someone out there listening needs to hear that because they're strapped. They're feeling it. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're, they're crashing and burning. And they're thinking, how do I get out of this mess? Mm. Mm. Well, I think the first thing you need to know is more than the tactical, what do I do next? We can talk about that. That's what this podcast is all about. Not, not this particular episode per se, but other episodes and in future episodes. You need to know that the guilt, the punishment of poor choices is covered. Jesus took it to the cross. He bore all of the, that 
pain and that punishment for you so that you would not have to be punished or suffer for it for all eternity. No, you get to enjoy love and peace with God for all eternity because of the cross. Easter does that for those of us who struggle. And frankly, it's all of us who struggle with our stewardship. You know, I've heard this over and over. Is there hope for me in the mess that I've made? And I go running back to this passage of Scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11. It's my life verse. And it says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. We don't know what tomorrow looks like, but if we put our trust in Christ, in the Lord, in God, if we are trusting in Him, He says that we do not have to be aimlessly wandering. We have a hope, and we have a future, which is specifically, and this is Jeremiah speaking to the nation of Israel, that is specifically in God. He's speaking to them. Jesus paid the debt that we owe because of our sins, and through the payment of his blood, his life on the cross, you and I can currently have the forgiveness of our sins today, and we also get the hope of that one-day entrance into heaven that we will have with, we will have that opportunity to be with him forevermore. Yeah. And this sin is a debt that we could, you and I could never pay this. I was thinking about this as we were processing this title. There is no debt snowball calculator out there that could ever, ever, ever pay down my sin debt. Not even one calculator could even get close. And it's not just mine. Tim, it's yours. Tyler, it's yours. Listener, it's yours also. So, and that's why Christ went to the cross. But not only have our, our debts paid, but there's also a future benefit. Tim, what's our future benefit here? Yeah, the future benefit, it's treasures in heaven. Mm. <laughs> you can't go to heaven poor. It, there will never be a poor person in heaven. I think that's such an awesome statement. Yeah. Now, so so the the danger here is that there are individuals within the health and wealth prosperity mm. perversion of the gospel. Well said, perversion. That that claim that all the riches and wealth of heaven are yours right now, and they'll quote passages like the ones we talked about in our very last episode where we talked about, you know, when you, with the fear of the Lord, you, you love and delight his commandments, then wealth and treasures will fill your house. Mm-hmm. Those are absolutely true and valid scriptures. However, mm-hmm. be aware that if you take a proverb and you stretch it beyond yes. its breaking point, you can make it say anything that also doesn't necessarily correspond with the rest of Scripture. Well and, said. And here's the problem. The rest of Scripture shows us that in this life there will be problems and trials and struggles, and not everyone is going to have wealth, health, wealth, and prosperity. So that is all a long rant to get us to the point while we can't necessarily expect a one-for-one correlation, if I do this, I'll get that here on this earth. Right. I absolutely know that as we trust in the Lord, as we treasure up, store up treasures in heaven, that we will go to heaven wealthier, 
than the wealthiest person who ever lived on this earth. Amen. We will have access to more joy, more pleasure, more awesomeness than any human being has ever accomplished. Have you heard stories that just like blow your mind about someone who had this great adventure in the Amazon jungle or they climbed Mount Everest and they went up into the outer space and they saw the constellations and the stars and like these phenomenal experiences. They all, every one of them pales compared to what heaven will be like for those of us who love and trust Jesus. Amen. Every day will be filled with those moments. Can you imagine eternity filled with that? How awesome is that going to be? Treasure in heaven is not just a hypothetical. It's not just a, you know, pie in the sky kind of thing. This is a for real deal. We focus all of our time and energy. Again, I use this illustration a bunch of times, but in your left hand, you got a rope and your right hand is a rope and it's all one rope. But the thing is your left hand goes left as far as you can go all the way around the world, all the way back around to your right hand. This rope is as long as the world is. It's huge. And we focus, if you look at that rope in your right hand, there's a tiny little dot. Someone puts a little dot there with an indelible marker. That's your life. And we focus on maximizing that dot. I want the most money that I can get in that dot. And I don't think about eternity, which is the rest of the rope. Mm -hmm. Guys, eternity is the rest of the rope. Stop focusing on the dot. Think about the rope. So, yes, treasures in heaven is the promise for the future. So that's what the cross did for us. Yes. The cross gives us access to the rope instead of the rope being like hell and torment. Now we're dealing with felicity, joy, being with God forever. And it's not just some kind of like ethereal, like, you know, strumming a harp in the clouds. I mean, we're talking about like uh, Everest level experiences for all of the rest of eternity. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I read a blog post recently, and the blog post, uh, we'll put the link in the show notes. It, it stated this. It says, you are eternally rewarded, which means a reward in heaven that you will have forevermore when you give, when you pray and, and you fast in private, when you forgive someone, when you share the gospel, when you love your enemies, when you endure insults and persecutions. When it comes to rewards, the greatest reward every follower of Christ will receive is this, seeing God face to face. And if you're not sure about that, jump in and look at Matthew 5, 8, and look at Revelation 2, 22, 4. So this great exchange that takes place, it points to the reality of our poverty goes to Christ, and Christ's wealth comes to us. And the interesting thing is that wealth is both for today, again, not talking health, wealth, prosperity gospel, is God's going to take care of us, but also that wealth, as Tim just shared, it's for all of eternity, you and I are called to be good stewards of what God's put into our care, and that is all we can become as a good steward. But how do we become that good steward? It can only happen as you and I look at Jesus, who is what, Tim? Jesus is the great steward. Yeah. You know, he's the good shepherd. He's the great physician. He's the great steward. 
Now, now I know that there's not actually a passage that talks about him being the great steward, but I think we can draw this out from from Scripture. Take a look at what um, he says in his high priestly prayer. He says, I have not lost one of those that you have given me. He has been a good steward of every soul entrusted to his care. Jesus is so good. He takes care of us. And and he will continue to do so. He's committed to not lose a single one of us. Billions. Mm. Billions of people. Mm. Not one. Mm. Not one. I mean, that that's amazing when you sit back and you think about it. He has committed to not lose a single one of them. Yeah. So s- since Jesus has accomplished all that God requires, we ought to work hard, to pray hard, to model our lives after him. I think that's so important. So we recognize that Jesus is the model for our stewardship. Uh, As stated moments ago, we need to continually remember that Jesus is the great steward of our souls. Our souls are in his loving and protective care forevermore. This means that you can't ever be lost once you have been found. If Christ has redeemed you, you are secure. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my hand hmm. or out of my Father's hand from John 10, 29. Love that so verse. Here's the danger. I, I think I, we need to be careful of this. We're talking about a glorious and amazing truth, and we all have experienced exceptions, right? We say, but I know this guy who yeah. was this really great Christian who fell away. Yeah. Here's the deal. If they leave us, in the end, they were not with us from the beginning. Say it again, Tim. If what a great us, phrase. In the end, they were never with us in the beginning. A true believer will never ultimately fall away for good. There will be people who will fall in their faith. They will lose their, quote unquote, lose their faith in a moment. They'll have like a crisis moment. They'll make some bad choices. They may even commit some really heinous sins. But if they are truly a believer, they will be brought back to repentance before it is too late. So we don't want to say more than the Bible says, but we do want to say that God has secured everyone who trusts in him. So trust him. That says no one can snatch them out of my father's hand. No one, nothing, not a zero. I love that phrase. But this great steward not only cares for our souls, but he, Jesus, he also gives us the courage to face the difficulties in the days ahead. So true. Tim. Talk about that for a moment. Well, Jesus, the good steward, was tempted as we are and yet without sin, right? We see that the temptation of Jesus uh, shared with us in in Matthew 4, 1 through 11, which is a great little passage. We also see that the whole quote from Hebrews 4, for we have not had a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but who, uh, but we have one who who has been tempted in every way, just as we are yet without sin. And Mm. here's the thing. I've talked to some people who say, Tim, here's the problem. Jesus could never have actually been tempted the way I've been tempted because like, it's been so bad. Those temptations are so real and he's, he's God. He, he never actually sinned, which is why it's even worse for him. Because think about this. You give in. 
You give in when the going gets hard. He says in Hebrews chapter 12, like you haven't resisted the point of shedding blood. What did Jesus do? He shed his blood for you. He endured temptation and never gave in. The temptation never went away. It was relentless all life long. And he resisted to the point of shedding blood. So guys, instead of just like, you know, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He knows what it's like to be tempted. He knows what it's like to go through difficult times. Look to him and grow. And I want to bring back, last episode, you brought up Haggai. Haggai. And I love that passage, that, that entire section of chapter one. And there's a game changer that's, that's there, and it ties into this topic about yeah, the courage sure to face difficulties in the days ahead, where <laughs> we read there that God steps through time and space for Haggai and says, I am with you, says the Lord. Yeah. That changed everything for the Israelites. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah, like God enables you to do the thing he calls you to do. If he's called you to do something, he'll carry you through the hard days. It wasn't easy for Israel facing all of the financial difficulties that they were facing at that time, consequences of their sins, that um, they had to turn around and, and actually work on building the house of the Lord. But they were able to do it because God had made it possible. So keep on looking to him. He is with us. He declares his favor for us in Christ at the cross. Christ stays to us in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and in the death on his cross. He looks at us and says, I am with you. In fact, he is so with you that he then went to heaven, ascended to heaven, mm-hmm. so that he could send with us someone better than Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, to be with us. Amen. Easter gives us access to the Spirit, which is even better, we hear in the Gospels, for us to have the Spirit with us and Jesus pleading at the right hand of God the Father Almighty on our behalf. I mean, we've got the best of both worlds. Amen. So that is the power of Easter for us today. We can trust in God because he is with us. And to kind of tie in with this courage to face the difficulties ahead, Romans 8, you got to bring that in. Romans oh, 8, man. 28. Yeah. Yeah. And we know that in all things, God works for the good for those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. I think the underlying aspect here is, you know, God works for the good. That means there's, there's some bad happening. That means there's some trouble happening in the background. No, so it doesn't it, have to be. What it means is that bad stuff happens, but it Correct. won't have bad results for the believer ultimately and eternally. And the thing is, God is working out yes. a good plan yes. that's here. And so, what that means is we can deal with this with Him mm-hmm. as He works in and through us, as He moves us we can handle these challenges Mm. that are before us. Mm. Mm. Tim, let's shift and let's look about another aspect here is our privilege of union or sonship with Christ. Talk about that for a moment. Yeah. Well, before we do, Thomas Watts has a book, All Things for Good. I, I, if you're interested in understanding Romans 8, 28, if that's your favorite verse, like it is mine and so many of the people's take a look at Thomas Watts. He's a English Puritan, but that little book that goes into um, all of the different aspects of, of what that verse means mm-hmm. and all of the rich biblical implications, so helpful. So take a look. All Things for Good, Thomas Watts. Um, all right. I wasn't listening, Drew. What was your question? 
talk to us about the privilege of union oh, and sonship with yeah. Christ. There, so that's a little thing too. Yeah, <laughs> you my word. We're getting kind of yeah. theological this time, aren't we? Well, I mean, it's Easter. It's Easter. Suck it up. This is stewardology. Yeah, it's a study of stewardship and theology. Where it meets, that's where we talk. Amen. Right. So, uh, union with Christ is a often unappreciated diamond of a doctrine. Mm. When when we recognize that when God looks at you, Drew, he doesn't see the wicked, sinful heart, you know, bent towards whatever. No, he sees the righteousness of Christ. Amen. He doesn't see Drew as Drew. He sees Drew as Jesus. He hears Drew when he prays because me. of Jesus. That amazes me. One of the pastors in my church likes to quote, he teaches a sonship course, uh, talking about the, the beauty of this union with Christ. He says, cheer up. You're worse than you think. Cheer up. God's <laughs> grace is better than you could possibly imagine. Oh, amen to that. And, and that's really what like union with Christ, sonship is, is, is about. Like We recognize the level and the depths of our sin. Well, frankly, we never can recognize it deeply and fully enough. We are, there are more layers and levels to our own sinfulness that will take a lifetime to unpack. But yet God's grace is bigger than it all. And his love for us is more than we could ever imagine. That's why that's why Paul says in in Ephesians chapter three at the very end, he says that you may know with all the saints the breadth and length and height and depth, and may be filled with the knowledge of God's love for you. Like that is the point of of our union with Christ. So. We're going to boil it all down, right? We have this incredible opportunity to run to Christ in the midst of all of our hardships because he loves us, Yeah, because he's for us. You're listening right now. I want you to put your hand up, not if you're driving, put your hand up if you've had many and various hardships, including the hardship, but maybe even being a good steward, which is where we're coming from. Yeah. So go ahead, put your hand up. We'll pause for a second. Yeah, put your hand yeah. up. I see those hands. I, thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. You're a good Baptist, brother. Ah, no, just an evangelist. <laughs> just an evangelist. <laughs> now, now with that, through our union with Christ, the living Holy Spirit within us and his word, we have the capacity of not continuing down those same roads that we have gone through. Now, through Christ, we have the ability to ask for wisdom because God says he gives it to us. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask of God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to them. Yeah, yeah. So our union with Christ allows us to reach out to him and say, help, I don't get this, I need some guidance, some direction. Well, and I'll bring it into the context of stewardship. I need help with this, Lord. Mm. So, and our wisdom comes in two ways. Number one, it's access to God through his, through him, his spirit, through his word. But it's also, we get access to this awesome thing called the body of Christ. And we get to that point where we may not have the right things to be able to say, do, act, and respond, but we know somebody in the church. We know somebody who's a brother or sister in the Lord who has their act together, who knows what they're talking about, 
I had a pastor talk to me yesterday. He says, hey, I need you to come on over here and talk to my people because you get this. And from there, it's like plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Proverbs fifteen twenty two. We need to listen to the advice and accept instruction from other people. That's Proverbs nineteen twenty. So we're at this point where God not only we can come to Him and look for for counsel, guidance, wisdom from His Spirit and His Word, but also we're to reach out to one another. That's our awesome union with Christ, that we are not to live independent, but we are supposed to live interdependently. Beautiful. Yes. We need to live that way. We are to seek out godly advice and wisdom from others as we navigate this thing called life. And as we do, we're going to learn from others, probably from some of their mistakes, hopefully from many of their successes, but we need to get this. How do, how do we go about doing this? Well, number one, get, to, get before the Lord. Talk to Him, pray with Him. But the other thing is, we, we've talked about this often. Tim's going to talk about it in our closing, about personal stewardship reviews. This is an area that I, I think, Tim, you and I get a little bit of a grip on in helping people move forward with their personal finances. And we would like to offer that, and Tim will bring that up in a few moments here. So as we wrap up this this Easter celebration episode, Easter, that work of Jesus on the cross, it's changed everything. And it's offered us forgiveness of sins. It gives us union with Christ through our time here on earth. It gives us the ability and courage to take on the challenges of daily life. And we are gifted eternal life with the Lord forever for those that have put their trust in him. And we will never, ever, ever be poor, for we will be co-heirs in the riches of glory, which is for today and for all of eternity. And through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit and his word that's manifested in our lives, we have the capability of making right and wise choices with the stewardship of all that God has put into our care. All right. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Stewardology Podcast. Please go to our show notes uh, at the stewardologypodcast.com for more information. Go and share your ideas for future episodes at stewardologypodcast.com and take advantage of your free stewardship review that Drew was just talking about by going to stewardologypodcast.com forward slash review. That's where we get to sit down with you and we look at where you are financially, what your current reality is, no matter the the wise moves you made or the foolish moves you made. And it's not a shame situation here. We're just trying to help you become an even better steward of what the Lord has trusted you with. Uh, so go to Stewardology Podcast uh, website, stewardologypodcast.com forward slash review, and sign up for the stewardship review so we can help you become an even better steward. Also, go ahead and like and review this episode in your favorite podcast catcher. That helps us get in front of more people to share this wisdom with. And as always, we want you to remember that the Lord is so good. He's the reason that stewardship is even possible. Amen. So until next time, take care. God bless. And please remember the message from 1 Corinthians 6. 9 through 11. 
it says, or do you know that unri- the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, or drunkards, or revelers, or swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Ouch! Listen to this next verse. And such were some of you. But listen to the words of God here. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Go in peace. God bless. Thank you for joining us on the Stewardology Podcast, where financial stewardship and theology meet. We'd like to help you take your next steps in biblical financial stewardship. First, subscribe in your podcast provider to get the newest episode delivered to you every week. Next, follow us on social media and visit our website at stewardologypodcast.com. There you can find our social media links and our entire episode archive. Remember, some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. See you next week on the Stewardology Podcast. Securities and advisory services offered through Genius Wealth Management, member FINRA and SIPC.